the Dynasty Wire. Today, we have Iowa in the NFL, co-host who edits more audio files than Rodgers has wins versus the Bears, <laughs> pawn star by day, producer by night. We've all heard of Rick James. Now it's time for Nick James, lead producer for Sleeper Wire, producer for 32-Bit, Devi Wire, Dynasty, Sleeper Wire, Redraft, Start, Sit, What Show Is This, and Sheehan's new show, High School Wrestler and High School Coach, Little George Kittle, weighing in as the Slim Reaper, Iowa and the NFL. Pawn star, I say, would be a little generous, uh, a little more glamorous than I would have chosen myself. I haven't crossed into video. It's just been audio so far. If you're referencing the TV show, that is accurate, as, you know, that's what I spend the other half of my life doing. But, you know, they don't show people pawn their DVD player for a pack of cigarettes on TV. That's uh, it's, uh, not, not, not great for TV. It is an interesting business because as a pawnbroker, you control both sides of the counter, the purchase price, the sell price, what you sell things for. And while a lot of it is based in finance, there is a, just basically what glows on the neon sign buy sell trade so this relates to fantasy football in this way so like last week we talked about selling a late first it's hard for me to say my price without hearing what you want first definitely that's all league specific what exactly you need on your team if you need an rb maybe you're willing to sell that first for chase edmonds or you know henderson someone of that caliber heck maybe even mike davis then something small if you absolutely need a win now running back something like that and then if you're looking selling your late first if you need wide receiver help or tight end help it'll be somewhat different it's hard to always put an exact name to it you know yeah, but it's hard to pick just one thing without really knowing how the team is built. But it is a good point as far as a late first, because as a win-now team, you assume your first is late. So win-now teams right now are considering moving their first for a chance to push all their chips in to win right now. But as you listen to advice here and anywhere you find it, knowing the assumptions the parties are making when they're giving you this information is crucial to understanding what they're really trying to tell you everything you hear here on dynasty wire we are going to assume 12 team super flex no tight end premium unless otherwise stated so when i say a late first it's it's a difference between a 12 team super flex late first and a 12 team one qb late first these are these are different values a lot different, and we also assume PPR. I play in a couple of half PPR leagues. I used to play in standard a couple of years ago. That's kind of gone by the wayside, but full PPR is obviously significantly different than half. So knowing that assumption, it'll be easier to uh, interpret the information that you're hearing here. League size and type are both relevant when interpreting the information that you hear. So this week is a great week to send out some offers, a look at teams that their quarterback might be on by. Some challenges certainly out there this week. Yeah, the biggest bye week this season in the NFL. See six teams on bye. All six fantasy-relevant teams for numerous players. Not a ton of tight ends on by. The best probably being Dalton Schultz. Then after him, it's Dawson Knox has been good this year. But the Vikings, Jaguars, Chargers, Steelers, Bills, and Cowboys on by. Lots of relevant quarterback play there. A ton of wide receivers. A couple of those teams have three wide receivers of relevance. And a couple of them with uh, two RBs split in time. I like to subscribe to either the best tight ends or I'm selling off all my metal ones and just rolling with whatever I can get at a discount. So me, I have a lot of Dawson Knox and Schultz on buy. Yeah. And it doesn't help that a third of my leagues have Kittle on IR currently. 
the Kittle IR has been brutal for me as well. I saw in one of my leagues, it's a half PPR league, no tight end premium, but I saw Cordero Patterson, Dalton Schultz, and a late first for Kyle Pitts. I was curious your thoughts on that. Run by the details one more time. It was Cordero Patterson, Dalton Schultz, and a late first for Kyle Pitts and half PPR. No tight end premium. No tight end premium. Well, as soon as you say no tight end premium, a late first is about where I would value Kyle Pitts. And that's like immediately brings on the booze. I get it. But hey, I just, <laughs> I'm not trying to move my late first to acquire Kyle Pitts unless it's part of a package deal where I can justify that I didn't actually give a late first for Kyle Pitts. Uh, that's just not how I'm trying to spend it. So uh, whoever sold Kyle Pitts did well, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I think so as well. And that was one that required a lot of context because the team that was selling the package there, right? Cordero Patterson's 30 years old. And this guy's team is like not good at all. So he had no use for Patterson at all. And this was probably the only person he was going to get remote value from him. It is shallower starters. So the position of tight ends is a little more important because there's fewer starting positions there. Uh, it is interesting that Pitts is seven years younger than Kittle and Kittle then one year younger than Waller and then three years younger than Kelsey. So if you could make the argument that Pitts is 11 years younger than Kelsey potentially that's long-term value obviously he has to produce at that level for it to matter because Noah Fant is young and hasn't quite been in that top five tight end spot Hawkinson is young hasn't quite been you know top three top five tight end yeah the door is open there for the tight end two three four five to all pick their spot within those rankings but I really think like maybe even down to like six there's a clear tier of the top guys and then there's everyone else there might be everyone else where there's a group that you like a little more than the everybody else but at the end of the day what's the difference yeah last year we saw Tunyon and he's fallen off the map I know a lot of people are calling Dalton Schultz this year's Robert Tunyon it's a little different because Tunyon was so heavily TD based Schultz's concerns are more that he's on a contract year at Dallas so it'll be interesting to see if he sticks around in Dallas or if he goes elsewhere and then Gallup's been missing although Gallup's on a contract year. So Schultz's future is mostly unknown. Yeah, and you can take advantage of these things there because, as you pointed out, there are going to be people that are going to be trying to fill starting slots this week. And as soon as you see that guy go up on the trade block or that message go into the group chat or the league chat, you need to be the first one to trade with the guy that says, you know what, forget it, I'm blowing it up. This is a rebuild. You need to be that guy that makes that first deal with him because that's when they have the most win now players on their roster before they decide to break it down and get rid of the older Deadwood, as Sheen has said. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd rather be the first to the party than the last of the party. I'd rather show up fashionably late. <laughs> right in the middle. <laughs> You know, these bye weeks, I saw a crazy trade go down in the league that many people in the league were against. It was Derek Carr, one for one for Diggs. And a big reason that the guy traded Diggs was that he was on bye. Oh. It's like, I don't know that that should be a reason. To Is this redraft? It's Dynasty. <laughs> Super flex. I, 
I saw that trade come through, and I was very upset that I hadn't reached out about digs or acquiring digs. Well, I moved off of an injured player actually today, right before I got on here. And there's a whole bunch of injured players we can talk about. You're going to hear this show after Thursday, but I just wanted to say that I moved Nick Chubb in a team that is not doing well, that is certainly in a rebuild for two firsts and Baker Mayfield. Golly, if I could get that for Nick Chubb and any sort of rebuild win now, I mean, you'd be crazy not to take that value. I've been trying to move him, and the most I've been offered is like a first and a second, so that's unreal. So it's a 23 first and a 22 first and Baker Mayfield for Nick Chubb and Teddy Bridgewater. Now, as I've said before, when you hear what I'm stating, it's going to be 12 teams super flex is the assumption, PPR, like you said. This was 14 teams super flex. Okay, so QBs are a little more valuable in 14. So if you need Teddy to win this year, it's possible that that's something that would be a good move. Although it sounds like you're rebuilding. Yep. The point I was getting at here is that the players who are out, if you are rebuild, these are great targets. Because if your league is determined anything like mine, then max points possible in a given week is what you are credited with when determining what pick you will get the following year. So if you can take players who have value overall but aren't scoring right now, those are great players to take on as a rebuild. Yeah, we were speaking about that before the podcast, and we were throwing around the the injured RBs, you know, the ETN, Akers, Dobbins, Deer, the wide receivers, you know, Shark, Juju. But there are some guys like Jordan Love that aren't necessarily injured but aren't going to be scoring this year that have value. So if you can find guys like that, guys that are good taxi stashes or at least young guys that might have to sit for a year, possibly, you know, Jalen Darden is a name that people liked before the draft, Godwin Antonio Brown on contract years. Not that I would pay a ton for him, but if you're in a rebuild, you might as well take your shot on some guys like that. Someone who's rostered in a similar percentage of leagues as Jalen Darden is Mike Strachan. And Paris Campbell is going back to IR. Do you have a reaction to how to sort out this Colts wide receiver group? Hilton looked good in his return, although T.Y. Houston always does that to the Texans. Mm -hmm. So he has a similar roster ship percentage as Rodgers does of the Bears. Yeah, Strachan might be activated. He was a coach's decision DNP last week. Pascal on a one-year contract, Hilton on a one-year contract, Campbell, you know, consistently dinged. So Strachan could potentially play a bigger role next year. Someone that I liked before the draft season. Their landing spot was decent. Colts wide receiver core is interesting right now. So if you're worried that Pittman was going to fall off a little bit with Hilton back, he did get dinged again last week, like you said there. (laughs) And with Paris Campbell back on IR, Hilton dinged, you know, the road's still clear for Pittman. I just think that maybe there's a reason to activate like Strachan. And we're just basically ignoring Pascal, who actually might maintain relevance because Hilton's been rehurt. But it is something to watch. You know, he had that scary neck injury, the disc. People thought it could be career ending. And he returned. He looked all right. Campbell might be done for the year from what it sounds like. So Pittman, I hope that breakout continues. 
Well, hopefully it's not super severe for Campbell, but it might be, like you said there. Kadarius Tony apparently had a serious ankle injury as well. Yeah, not even sure what's going on with the Giants wide receiver core. It's CJ Board is making plays out there. John Ross is out there consistently. I think they called up some other wide receiver that like I had never heard of the other day. Uh, Slayton's still questionable. I think Shepard is back, but is dinged up. And then they just looked abysmal against the Rams. It's hard to put much stock into many of those guys. Are you interested in Tony still in the future here? Even if he, let's say he goes on season-ending IR. I mean, is this somebody you still want to invest in? Uh, if it's season-ending IR, maybe you can get him cheaper. But he put up those the good game, and I think people are going to overvalue him to the extent where I'm not going to be able to buy him for what I would be willing to pay. Before the year, he was definitely undervalued. People were like, he's the wide receiver four or five on the Giants. He thought he was going to sit behind Darius Slayton his whole career or something. I mean, he's a first-round pick. He was going to get his opportunities, and he was a first-round pick for a reason. He's a good receiver. So if you can get him for the right price, he's a decent piece. There's definitely been a clear path made for him due to injuries around him, but now he's the one who's injured, and I think you're right there that if he is really hurt or this is something where you miss a lot of time, this is a great rebuild target because this is a guy who has potential future value and potential increase in value in the long run, but isn't putting up points right now. Definitely. The only guys that are guaranteed to be there long term at this point would be Galladay and Tony. And Galladay has had that hip problem that was kind of chalked up to he doesn't really want to play for the Lions anymore. Maybe this hip problem's not that bad. It's been a problem still this year. So we'll see how that pans out. Seems like it wasn't a problem to dance (laughs) yet when it comes to playing football. It never is a problem for dancing. These players can dance with any, any injury. Apparently Lance is dealing with an injury as well, but I don't know how much of this is because of Lance or whether they just planned on starting Jimmy G when he came back, but it sounds like Jimmy G's coming back. I think it was a sprained MCL, which is almost as bad as tearing it. So I think the expectation was him going to be out for quite a few weeks, maybe like, you know, four to six. If I recall correctly there, Jimmy Garoppolo had, he thought that lower leg problem was season ending and he's already back. Mm -hmm. I think you're right that the plan was probably to go back to Jimmy, but Lance did not show a ton in the passing game to give me confidence in him going forward. He's not quite polished enough. He had an absurd amount of rushing attempts, which is probably in part why he got hurt. But if I were Kyle Shanahan and... I would want to win this year. I'd need Jimmy Garoppolo back. Yeah, I saw something interesting floating around that said somebody wanted Mac Jones and they got Lance, and this is why Lance isn't going to do well because this offense isn't built for, like, Lance. But another Jones, Julio, apparently has a hamstring injury. So maybe even though A.J. Brown has been underperforming compared to expectations, maybe that can be turned around if Julio is constantly hamstring Jones. Yeah, Julio the perpetually hurt hamstring Jones. It's <laughs> a problem his whole career. A.J. Brown finally looked like A.J. Brown. Uh, the limited snap count comment might have been overblown, it seems. His follow-up interview to that was, 
that was just for me or that was something like it didn't quite make sense what he said so dude's hilarious dude is very funny very charismatic he's got a million dollar smile on him like cam newton right he could say anything and flash that smile and people are gonna laugh so I think with the Niners, an interesting point as well is that Kyle Shanahan was with Washington when they had RG3, and he built that offense around RG3's capabilities to run. So people think that he can do something similar with Lance and kind of set the league on fire, spin it on its head, if you will. Be interesting to see if that ever happens. Interesting. It'll be interesting to see if Michael Thomas ever gets activated off the pup <laughs> because he hasn't been yet. Uh, but Traquan is coming back, right? Yeah, coming back this week, it sounds like that sounded like Michael Thomas was going to, and that didn't quite happen. Michael Thomas had quite a few disagreements with the team in regard to, you know, his pay, although he was already like the highest paid receiver, and then whether or not he needed surgery and to what extent he wanted to do that. And the team kind of told him like, hey, uh, you know, we kind of can tell you that you need surgery. And he didn't want to do it. And so that's why he's in the predicament that he's in now. There's been some friction there. So it'll be interesting if he's trying to like demand a trade behind the scenes. Yeah. Lamar Miller was signed there as well for all three people out there that care. Yeah. Not sure how many family members he has, but that's how many people care. (laughs) He had the the thousand yard season for Houston. Was it a couple of years ago? Might've been with Miami. And then he signed the big deal with Houston. Same offseason that they signed Osweiler. That was their big offseason signings were Osweiler and Lamar Miller. Didn't quite work out there. I hope it's not a negative sign for Tony Jones because I liked him. I did too. Deontay Harris, do you think if Traquan's returning and MT's coming up eventually, do you think he's like a drop? Because I dropped him in a handful of leagues, just the last man on the bench trying to make moves. Wide receivers of that caliber are bench cloggers. They really are. He's 5'6", and I'm not trying to height shame, but in the NFL, there's only a couple things a 5'6 guy can do. It's play slot, which he's not a slot guy, or take the top off the defense. And if you're relying on one target a game to get you a 75-yard touchdown, there are tons of guys that can do that at the end of your bench. Deshaun Jackson, if you're desperate. Obviously, Deontay Harris rugs to an extent but he's obviously a little higher of a tier he was not a guy that i had much interest in rostering before this and definitely not now yeah as i've said previously the thursday game is going to play but with cream hunt out for a few weeks what do you think of dearness johnson and felton dearness had that great game early last year and people blew a ton of fab on him which didn't make a ton of sense as he was the rb3 on the team at best and then he was subsequently dropped in almost every league at some point. And now here he is again with a similar opportunity. So if last year proved anything, it's that the Browns O-line, which has improved this year, although it sounds like they're missing a couple tackles potentially this week, he's a good player. And Demetrius Felton, obviously a little more of a scat back. A lot of people thought he was going to play wide receiver when he got to the NFL. So I'm not dying to play either with Case Keenum. A lot of people thought he was going to play wide receiver when he got to the NFL. Curious if this Baker injury winds up just being this one week or, I mean, worst case scenario, it could be season ending somehow. I doubt it's that, but it could be serious couple weeks. Yeah, that would be bad, but it doesn't sound like 
Chubb is going to be out that long necessarily. So, you know, he's coming back eventually. So if I have someone interested in Dearness Johnson or even really Felton and they need somebody to play right now, I'm, I have no problem moving off of them. Though Felton is already rostered in most places. I did pick up a lot of Dearness Johnson just as people got announced inactive on Sunday. He was still available in a handful of leagues. So picked him up in a variety of leagues and I'm probably going to be rolling him out this week just due to the bipocalypse. Hoping for good things for him. Liked Felton, and I don't even know if he's so much going to play as much of the like hunt role as he's going to play more of a receiver role. But I'm cur- I'm really curious to see how it plays out there. I'm probably going to cut that part out because I really don't want to talk about Thursday game. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> someone who is done for the year is Funk. So just, you know, a little too funky apparently. Yeah, that torn hamstring and that tearing a hamstring is, that's a challenge to tear your hamstring. I don't know how many athletes we have out there listening, but you can pull a hamstring, you can tweak a hamstring, tearing a hamstring, that's that's got to be so painful and so challenging to do. So he's done for the year, similar to when Lynn Bowden got done for the year with his hamstring. This might be a sign for Michelle, obviously the cuff, uh, not that Funk was playing much, but they do have Javian Hawkins on practice squad. Yep, I've had him in the real, real deep leagues where there's 400 players on rosters. He's been someone lingering on the end of my benches there, but didn't Funk come in with knee injuries? Two torn ACLs in college, so not sure if that affected the hamstring or what, but definitely a guy that has an extensive injury history. Yeah, had two torn ACLs and a torn hamstring. Still got drafted. Well, (laughs) over Hawkins. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you've alluded to there's some other things going on there, but maybe this would uh, pave a way for Hawkins there. And someone else who's had other things going on is another man who has had his suspension lifted. Darius Geis, former second-round pick by the Washington football team back in the day. It was only 2018, only you know, three years ago, and he was a great player at LSU. Obviously, he's had some tumult off the field. Hopefully, he can put that behind him. It sounds like he's legally clear to go. It'll be interesting to see if a team gives him a shot and where exactly that is. If a team gets desperate enough at running back, I think they would call him up. He's still 23, so he's potentially got time to turn his career around. Can't believe he's still that young, but that's partially why I was invested in this guy because everywhere I took him, I overpaid, obviously. Yeah, it's hard not to when you see a second-round pick, and back then the Washington job was all his. There was no Antonio Gibson back in those days. It was going to be the Darius Geist show. I think Peyton Barber was his competition. Remember when it was going to be the Rashad Penny show? <laughs> I do. Around the same time, it was going to be the Sony Michelle show. Yeah. But he's finally back from that calf injury. I, I know it was a calf injury, but if you were to tell me that it was also another injury, I'd believe you because this guy's had so many of them without even playing a snap of football. It's Rashad Penny returning from IR. Oh, he's actually injured back on IR. Wait, he didn't even play a game. Yeah, but practice went pretty poorly for him this week. So sounds like he's, he's back this week. Pete Carroll, who's known as a total liar to the media and everything he says cannot be trusted, he's quote-unquote ready to roll an ankle probably and be out. So who knows? Yep, with Alex Collins banged up, your penny stocks may be paying off. 
like it, like the penny stocks. Yeah, DJ Dallas, the pass catcher there. Homer's been very minimally used. It's kind of been DJ Dallas over Homer. So if Alex Collins misses any time, it'll be an interesting backfield with the bipocalypse going on. You can take your shot and hope for the best. So there's a chance DJ Dallas does become a thing. Definitely. Was he a fourth-round pick last year? Not that that's fantastic capital for a running back, but it's something. Yeah, definitely. Someone who's kind of risen out of nowhere is Jamal Agnew. Yeah, we saw that awesome kick return against the Cardinals, and they tried that, like, 66-yarder with Prater. He ran it back 102 yards, and he had another return. It was either a punt or a kickoff. I'm unsure of which, but guy's electric with the ball in his hands. Any guy that can take it 100 yards to the house clearly has open field awareness, speed, everything. He's a wide receiver slash DB, so maybe you can get sneaky and play him in some IDP spots or something. He is on a decently big contract there, three years, 14 mil. Not a lot guaranteed outside of this year, but it's a cheap enough contract to where they could probably keep him and an expensive one enough to where they care about him. So with Chark being down, he's been their wide receiver three. He's getting enough looks to be interesting. Obviously, they're on bye this week, but he's been an okay play. I really like the uh, getting sneaky part. You wouldn't have happened to have done that recently, would you? <laughs> no, I definitely wouldn't have played him in an IDP spot and gotten called out by the commissioner <laughs> for being a little cheeky about my plays. Hey, hate the player. No, wait. Yeah, you know, j- just don't hate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If Taysom Hill can be put in the tight end spot, that's not my problem. I'll play a quarterback in the tight end spot if I can. Speaking of tight end, Ertz got traded to the Cardinals since our last cast. This means Goddard season and Ertz season? Yeah, potentially both. I mean, it was kind of both beforehand, but now it's probably both individually, which is great for each of them. And hopefully if you had both, like a Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry type situation on your roster, just by happenstance, now maybe you have two starting tight ends. Cardinals have been a high-flying offense, so a piece in the Cardinals offense is one that's potentially worth starting. He's you know, tight end eight through 20 range ish every week. So there are worse guys you could play. I think it's a slight bump for both because the only thing in Goddard's way was Ertz. So he's got that now. Who's the guy behind him? Tyree. Tyree Jackson, the Buffalo quarterback from a couple of years ago, the university of Buffalo, not the bills. He's about six foot seven, like 270 pounds or something. Someone who no one's talking about that is, Worth keeping an eye on. Just curious if they continue to use two tight ends, even though it's not Ertz as the other tight end there. But then, you know, the Cardinals, they got rid of Dan Arnold. So Ertz filling in there, but they haven't been one to use their tight end a ton previously. I'm, But being the only guy there, probably if it's not break even, it's a slight bump. Yeah, they didn't give up a ton for him. I think it was Teg Gowan or Gowan who's a fourth rounder this year and a fifth rounder next year. So potentially, you know, just a tight end to replace Max Williams because they had Daryl Daniels out there and Demetrius Harris. So he's definitely an upgrade over them. Max Williams was putting up decent enough fantasy numbers to be streamable every week or you know, playable, or it should be potentially better than Max Williams. Yep. And Max is done for season, but Russell Wilson isn't done for season. But in the meantime, they have made a few moves. 
Yeah, the Colts gave up on Jacob Eason because they have eyes. <laughs> so the Seahawks said, well, we'll, we'll take him and uh, see if our eyes are foggy enough to play him over Geno Smith, who did not look great on the game-losing fumble against the Steelers. They've been in talks with potentially Cam Newton, who uh, has cleared a couple things up with the, the vaccine, possibly making it harder for him to be signed in the NFL. Now, he claims to be vaccinated, so if that is the case, he could potentially have a workout there in Seattle for a couple of weeks. There you go. One of those things where it's, I'm not saying you have to do it, <laughs> but I'm going to backhandedly say I'm going to do something about it if you don't do it. Yeah, the league is uh, very non-descript about their, their vaccine mandate. They're not mandating it, but it, they make it very hard to play in the league if you're not vaccinated. Yeah, well, with the trade deadline approaching, the market for an RB is kind of heating up. It seems like there might be a few teams that might be interested in a handful of RBs. Do you have a take with all that? Sounded like the Buccaneers just are not going to trade Ronald Jones. Bruce Arians was asked about it, and he just, like, was cackling on the stand. So Why? <laughs> guess they, they like him enough to keep him on the bench. <laughs> I just like to look at him. Yeah. You, you, you want him? No, 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 no. I want to keep him. Why? I want to look at him. <laughs> <laughs> he still needs to be benched for his fumble. We're going to keep him so we can bench him. <laughs> he hasn't finished his punishment. He can't be <laughs> traded yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He hasn't earned the right to go play for anyone else yet no you sit and you ride on this bench until you're a free agent next year and i get nothing for you yeah they'll probably like slap a restricted rights free agent tag on him or they'll try to keep him around <laughs> somehow <laughs> marlon mack was a guy that was subject to a lot of those trade talks and i'm not sure if it was a b report or what it was but something that came across my news feed saying that he's looked too good to trade which sounds counterintuitive because you have to look good enough to be worth something in a trade so if he looked bad i don't think he would be trade worthy yeah the classic oh this here that's for sale oh i don't know if i want to sell it i like it an awful lot you'd have to give me something really good for it basically the same energy as the rojo mojo yeah, I think they have Jonathan Williams at one point, although he might have gone elsewhere, Elsewhere, and Jordan Wilkins. If Marlon Mack were to get traded and you're in a super deep league, one of Jonathan Taylor, potential handcuff, those guys would be next man up. Those are some of the trades that might happen that are streaming across headlines. Who are some of the people that nobody's talking about that might get traded? Well, there were talks of the Ravens RBs. Latavius Murray, we missed a little bit in the injury segment there. He had an ankle problem. Not quite sure how bad that's going to be. There were talks that teams were potentially interested in some of their other guys. Maybe Lev Bell, maybe Devonta Freeman, maybe Tyson. Pretty ambiguous report. The guys that no one's talking about, though, Whitney Merciless was let go by the Texans. It seems like they're admitting that they are not competing this year. And if you're not competing, you'd want to get rid of Brandon Cooks on a big contract. He can eventually walk, and you'd get nothing for him. So if they could trade Brandon Cooks to what feels like his 17th team, <laughs> Dad will be a fair first this time. He'd be a guy that I'd look at. Michael Thomas with the, the tension between him and the Saints brass. And then Allen Robinson in a franchise tag year. Depending on how the Bears feel about their season, if they feel they can compete and want him there for Fields' development, they might try to keep him around and work out a contract. But if they don't think they can work out a contract with him 
and they think that the season is not heading towards playoffs, they'd be wise to get something instead of nothing for him. I would love to see Brandon Cooks get traded. <laughs> Even though he is receiving like a ridiculous target share there for the Texans being the only thing they have respectable rolling out there other than Nico Collins, who had a decent chunk of targets last week. He's a sneaky buy as far as I'm concerned, especially if Brandon Cooks get traded. But even if Brandon Cooks gets traded, he will still not be old yet. (laughs) But Allen Robinson is already basically there. He's someone where I just need him to have a big game so I can get rid of him in the handful of places I still have him. Yeah, I'd be curious if the Dolphins are thinking about shopping Will Fuller potentially on a one-year deal. With the emergence of Waddle, he's been everything you could have hoped for if he's him at the back of the first. And Will Fuller's been banged up. I doubt they can get a ton for him. There's been some Watson news coming out. Not sure how much stock I put into any of it being real, but the trade deadline is coming up in less than two weeks. So if it were going to happen, it's going to happen soon. That would be so awesome to see Fuller reunited with Watson. Because when was Fuller good with Watson throwing him the ball? (laughs) With Watson. So if he can avoid getting caught, get Watson thrown in the ball again, then, you know, maybe my IR stash will pay off a little bit. Whatever the case may be. (laughs) Watson getting traded would have a domino effect more than likely on a ton of other things because potential suitors, the Lions, the Panthers were interested at one point. The Eagles have been linked to him for a while and then the Dolphins seem like the most likely Broncos possibly in that group too it would take a lot to get him and then it would you know perhaps usurp Tua out of a job it's hard to say if you would go just straight to Houston or if he would go somewhere else and then potentially Drew Locke go somewhere else and then if Sam Darnold were to be part of that deal in some capacity it could definitely shake up the league and I'm all for movement so let's make something happen it kind of feels like Charlie from Always Sunny, where he's got all the lines drawn on the map and he's got the master <laughs> plan as far as how it's all going to go down. But trade deadline, the exciting time of year every year for what could potentially change someone's long-term trajectory. With the draft capital investment with Tua, wherever he goes, I doubt it's going to be like, oh, yeah, he this is our backup. I, I don't think he's played himself completely out of it. He's not Josh Rosen yet, but... I think Jacob Eason is much worse than Josh, Josh Rosen. So <laughs> that might even be just a game Seattle is playing to sign Cam Newton for less. But regardless of whoever's the starter there, it does look like Elijah Mitchell is going to get back out there. And even if Sermon gets 20-some touches in a previous game, it seemed like they preferred Elijah when they were both healthy. Do you think it goes back to that? It looked like that, not last week because they're on by, but the week prior when Mitchell was partially healthy. It does seem like Mitchell's the guy. Obviously, they've got Jeff Wilson coming off pup here in short order, and then they have Sermon and I'm sure a plethora of other guys like Jamichael Hasty. but it's the San Francisco running game. It's a great running game most of the time, but you're never quite sure who it's going to be. Jeff Wilson is nearing a return, so... I don't know whether it's, I think Elijah Mitchell is the back to roster there or whether you should ship Elijah Mitchell if he has a good game this week because it's going to get murky in the future. Or maybe just sell any 49ers running back after a good (laughs) week because odds are it's going to be a different one next week. That's kind of been the mindset that I've carried with that backfield. Elijah Mitchell and a number of my leagues was a fourth-round pick in rookie drafts. So if you can turn a fourth-round pick into 
you know, a second plus something else small, or if you could do a Mitchell plus something small and get a first, or just maybe even Mitchell for a late first somehow, I'd be willing to sell him for what I deem acceptable value. If he comes out and shows out this week, somebody might be interested in a deal like that there. Uh, he's not the only Blader running back who's been doing well as far as last week. It was the scoring as far as fantasy is concerned was split pretty evenly in New England's backfield between the Rhino and Damian Harris. So what do you make of the rise of the Rhino? He had looked great during preseason. He's not necessarily a fast guy, but he's faster than the guy chasing him most of the time, which is about all it takes. He's a thick guy, so he potentially can vulture some goal line away from Damian Harris. Obviously, Cam Newton's gone, so he's not vulturing goal line from the running backs. He's a third-round pick spent by the Patriots, so that's some investment. They benched him when he fumbled earlier in the year. He looked good in preseason, looked decent in the regular season, very, very briefly, and then fumbled. And now that he's back, he's back to looking good again. So potentially someone that you might have missed the buy window on and is now in a sell window. Hmm. I have a lot of the Rhino stash, so I'm curious to see how all that pans out there. Someone who I've got some residual hangover from is McKissick, who we've talked about previously be it just Dust or a Chef's McKissick, uh, he's there. And Gibson, there was like going to be like an MRI. It's been this shin thing that he's been dealing with. And then something happened last week. What do you think about Jarrett Patterson? Undrafted out of Buffalo. He had that crazy span where he scored like 19 touchdowns in six games in college. How Sheehan was telling us. Yeah, he looked great in college with Kevin Marks splitting time with him in the backfield. Another guy that I like coming out. He's a local kid. Oh, as you have one to play for Washington, it's a great story. Uh, so far, has not received a lot of offensive work. Been a special teamer. Looks like Gibson is going to try to like play through this and limp along. McKissick is the the backup there, and then Patterson could potentially play himself into something. I'm curious to see it. McKissick has been startable every other week, basically, so good luck. (laughs) Just you spin the cylinder and pull the trigger and see what happens. Jarrett Patterson, though, someone who I've had stashed in a variety of places. Gibson went down. It would suck because I do have a decent chunk of Gibson, but I also have Jared Patterson stashed in a lot of places. So for every out, there's a down when you have a ton of leagues. Yep. McKissick has been in that Naheem Hines Kenyon Drake kind of tier where when you think you can play him, you can't play him. And when you don't think you can play him, he has a great game. Well, it'd be cool if Gibson could have Deshaun Watson handing him the ball. You know, <laughs> that'd be very cool. Another thing with Washington is Curtis Samuel is rumored to be potentially heading back to the IR. Just got activated off the IR, and apparently that groin is acting up. So he could be right back into your IR slot. Groan. <laughs> no, 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 no. Groin. <laughs> it's a groan injury is what it is. <laughs> yeah, Curtis Samuel has that Will Fuller syndrome where he's too fast for his body's muscles. Mm. He needs to get on the Will Fuller vitamin regiment. <laughs> Yeah, he needs to go see Will Fuller's trainer. Yep, his trainer's popular and Tyrod's is not. (laughs) Uh, Hey, man, I appreciate the pretty sweet intro this evening. That was was a nice uh, change of pace. (laughs) It was super interesting. Last week we had Who's the Prophet on here. We've had Shihan Solo 
on Twitter <laughs> as well on here. We'll have some some uh, some more of the sleeper folk on here in the near future as well. But Henry, as always, this time, man, I appreciate you doing the vast majority of the work here. As we talked about it previously, being a pawn star has its costs, and that is uh, time to earn a living. So you couldn't do these cool things. So for your extra work this week, man, super appreciate you. Oh, it's no problem. Me typing up a doc that with all the internet problems I had today, I had to have them in two or three times to our apartment. But spending an hour, hour and a half on a show doc is nothing compared to all the editing you do. That's the real heavy lifting. So I appreciate you doing that. Well, if you had to deal with Spectrum, then you're the real hero. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's White Sky. I'd never heard of these dudes. It's some fiber company from my apartment building from Alabama. It's been spotty, so. I don't know who that is, but it sounds hideous. (laughs) (laughs) It it is. It's been pretty bad, so. All right. Uh, Clairvoyance FF on Twitter. Iowa and the NFL on Twitter. We're on the Sleeper Wire Network. This is Dynasty Wire. Thanks for hanging with us. Peace out. <laughs> oh yeah 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 i referred to last year as my bird year at 33 like like larry larry bird year bob sanders wore 33 while he was at iowa <laughs> he's such an interesting story like there's so many cool things about it like he's totally the reason the colts won the super bowl they went from one of the worst defenses to one of the best defenses going from the season the whole season when they didn't have him to him coming back for the playoffs <laughs> Rodgers is at least playable for this week and this year, I should say. After that, I'm curious to see. I mean, like, if he goes to the Steelers, Claypool and Deontay Johnson throw two, that'd be, seems like it'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this team. They invested in their offense correctly. <laughs> they invested a second-round pick in A.J. Bill. <laughs> How it works, right? Yeah. They break them both. He's out of collarbones to break. <laughs> yeah. I've changed my major four times. I've taken more than four years worth of credit hours towards all these different majors. Uh, I have technically an associate's degree just by accumulation of credits, but I officially do, I guess I should say. And then I also have a certificate in human services because that was the major I was going towards when they sent me a letter and said you're not eligible for any more financial support unless you get at least a two-year degree considering you've taken four years of credits. So then I got a two years degree in associate in uh, uh, general studies. So so it's, a, it's just an accumulation of everything. I just had to take these four or five classes to be able to meet all the requirements from what I already have. And then all this other shit is extra. But my last switch was to business just because it was what I've been doing in my life since. Because I came out computer science and none of my teachers spoke English as the first language. And I was like, fuck this major, man. Like, I can't understand anything anyone is saying. Like, ah, this this is just not it. And I was coaching wrestling at the time, and I was like, I'm switching to fucking physical education. Even if I just be a guidance counselor in a school, and be a, a PE coach, or a PE teacher, and a coach, I can coach my kids. Well, you know, I didn't have any kids in my 20s, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, so I switched to human services afterwards. Like, I'm going to be a fucking counselor because that's basically what I am to what all my friends at that time, especially growing up and whatnot. And just general interest in uh, psychology, more or less, was the deal. And then, like, 
a bunch of bullshit happened. Like my grandma died the week before finals and we went to Iowa and none of my teachers would let me make up the work. So then I had to write a letter and send in like the obituary for my grandmother for them to make me eligible to take classes again. But I had already switched to uh, Ivy Tech and was uh, taking courses towards business. And then the last time I've been attending classes, which has been a couple years ago now, was at ISU. Uh, for business, took like business leave, accounting, and some other things. That I've already been doing a whole bunch of accounting all the way up until I took my first accounting class. So, <laughs> I mean, going back, I should have definitely finished one thing and then done whatever I wanted with other courses, but I've always just taken whatever I wanted to learn. Like, that's always just, just like, okay, whatever major, you know, this is what I want, want to learn. I want to learn this, I want to learn that, I want to learn this, I want to learn that. It often correlated with what I was doing at the time. You know, there was a point where I was responsible for the three stores and the small business that comprised the whole company while the owner was off in Florida living at his other house. And I'm basically running his business for $15 an hour with no commission, like... <laughs> That, which ended up being the reason why I left there and have now joined what is the biggest company in the world as far as uh, for pawn shops. The biggest pawn shop chain in the world. It's it's like X amount of different countries. And we have a large presence in Mexico and where all these different names are all this company that I work for. But So that's why I moved to Indianapolis to work for this company. It hasn't rewarded me financially appropriately yet, which my boss freaked out when I was like, I'm just going to take a vacation day every week until I can't take any more vacation days. And he's like, shows up at my store like, is everything okay? Because <laughs> I think I'm going to fucking quit. Like, I haven't been at a store for a little longer than a year because they just moved me to the stores that are struggling or desperate or the manager quits. What are they going to do? Boom. Nick can go there and he immediately gels with this crew and can be able to do well with whatever I've been through. And that's what I've proved over and over again because I've done all this shit. They don't want to act like like that should be respected, but I know all this shit, like all the shit. And the applicants we get are the rejects from McDonald's. You know what I mean? Like top of your <laughs> resume says build empire. <laughs> <laughs> that was in the, in the opening clause for the uh, resume. A hard worker will do extra build empire. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what this means, but I'm too scared to have you come in for an interview to find out. <laughs> but yeah, I plan to say a little bit about that uh, after your uh, funny bring in. I, yeah, I like your idea that, like, all of a sudden, randomly, you're going to bring it in. <laughs> because I've like each of the guests that have been on here I've tried to give them like this big long introduction listing all their accomplishments and then this is that person and they get to talk so you coming in and doing that is funny in itself so and also cool did you are nice to wire sleep wire redraft starts it what show is this and Sheehan's new show yes so weighing in as the slim reaper because I used to have the shoulder length hair that looked just like Kittle and the beard just like Kittle. So I used to be little George Kittle. Yeah. <laughs>
I, I mean, in wrestling, you weren't allowed to have uh, long hair without wearing a hairnet. So I had to have my hair where it didn't go below my ears all the time through high school, but then grew out afterwards. But yeah. I beat a girl in wrestling in high school once. Ended up being, two years later, the homecoming queen for that other school. 119 pounds, so she was smoking hot. Yeah, I was 5'10 and a half, 119 pounds. <laughs> Worked out all through high school and just barely gained weight. Whatever I would pinch test at at the beginning of the year where they say, okay, this is your minimum weight, I was already below it. So I wasn't allowed to weigh in any less than what I weighed in at the beginning of the year. It didn't count as a weigh-in for wrestling. I've always had pinch test under 7%. They did an underwater body fat percentage test when I was a PE major at Indiana State, and they said I had 3.5% body fat at that point. Which is unhealthy. Uh, uh, under 7% is unhealthy, apparently. Mm -hmm. I, I'm the first to shiver in the pool every time. And it, it's totally genetics, because you look at the whole family, and it's like that. Like, my mom was bone thin when she met my dad, and, like, the whole family is uh, taller, long-limbed, and slender, basically. It's just whatever it is in genetics. Like, I do not manage my diet or anything. Like, I've just always been this way for whatever reason. Always been fucking Devonta Smith. <laughs> not eating is not the best way to cut weight. But as far as temporarily cutting weight was something wrestlers are excellent at. Basically just lose water weight. Mm -hmm. Yep. Ten hoodies where you just run around until you've sweated your balls off and then you get underneath the mats. <laughs> and then just cocoon into a hot bubble and then, uh, then eat ice for dinner. <laughs> Like, as wrestling season is over Thanksgiving, so it's, uh, you, your Thanksgiving is just like this hilariously tiny portions of all these Thanksgiving things. <laughs> like, cause I have to wrestle at a tournament this weekend, you know, this is just, the, Thursday is not a day where I get to eat a ton. For the most part, it really wasn't bad because of the, like, pinch test thing. I never really had to cut weight because I, I wasn't allowed to. It's not even like I could just... If I go real unhealthy for a couple weeks, I could drop a weight class. I wasn't allowed to. Like, so it, it, like, I didn't really have cutting issues other than just like growing as a child. Cause I went from the smallest person on the football team in eighth grade, second smallest person, to being 5'10 my freshman year. Like, I grew inches, several inches in like a short amount of time, and then basically grew a half an inch every year until I was six foot, half an inch, and stuff growing. Oh, sneaky. That's... <laughs> Dude, uh, my longest standing league was going on at the same time as some of the older leagues that used to be my honey holes. Like, I played every year, and I won or almost won every single year for a bunch of years in a row. They, and the commission was always making, like, these weird fucking rules. And I'm the only one that would pay attention to what the fuck he was doing. Like, for like three or four years, kick returners were better than wide receiver ones. So I was rolling out Percy Harvin winning the league year after year. <laughs> All right. So you'll bring us in. Uh, I'll thank you for your gracious intro. And uh, uh, it's, 
say that, you know, Star is a little glamorous and hearing Pawn Star sing on TV, it's a little more exciting than the real life thing that, you know, they don't show people bringing in their DVD player to Pawn for a pack of cigarettes on TV. <laughs> but it is an interesting business because you control both sides of the counter, much like a fantasy football team where you're buying and you're selling you're deciding the selling price and the buying price and uh, trying to generate a profit in the long run, blah, 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 blah.